Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. It says in the first verse, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear. Paul, he did long to be with the Thessalonians. We can see his anxiety is expressed here. And we know that Paul loved them. And by the way, it's important to note that this is real, authentic, Christ-like love. And how do we know that? Because we are going to see, as we've seen before, suffering in this present world combined with Uncomplaining patience. Let me say that again. Uncomplaining patience. And that is so key in our world because on the surface, we can act like we're being patient. But inside, we're just torn up by complaints. Am I the only person that does that? Don't we all struggle with that? We do. Oh, to be a Paul. Just, I mean, just write that. We could just stop Paul's and park on that. And that, that's enough to chew on for the week. We're going to go through some things. Yesterday we went. Today, tomorrow, next. We are. Let's try to do it with an uncomplaining patience. But here is where Paul is impatient. And I'd like to draw this truth out and maybe have you consider this is where you should be impatient in doing good. (laughs) He wanted to do so much good. He was just impatient about it. (laughs) Let's just do some more. And I think that's a good place for us to be. If we want to if we want to park on, I just can't get over impatience. We'll just be impatient with doing good. We just want to do more of it. And we can't wait to. But we see wherefore, when we could no longer forbear. And now it says, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. Where's Paul? In Athens. It's a city that is so, so beautiful. Oh, oh ladies, the vacation destination magazines, all the, all, the, all the Pinterest pictures of the vacation. That, oh, that's, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But it's far from God. You know, you see these pictures of Las Vegas and all the lights. And you see these pictures of these big cities and all the lights. But, oh, they're so far from God. Yeah, today. Back then. Why do we get all the. uh, Why do we get all the um, anti-God voting People vote for the anti-God candidate. These big cities. Oh, New York City's beautiful. It is. That's a, New York's a big state, though. New York City's small. All the people. Oh, but far, far, far from God. Now, Paul, look at what it says in verse one, because here's what I want us to see. We thought it good to be left alone, to be left at Athens alone. Paul, he's a single man. Guess what that equals? A lonely man. 
Paul sends Timotheus out. Now that's Paul and his great friend is gone. Guess what that equals? A lonely man. <laughs> now Paul, he's standing right in the center of paganism in Athens, right in the center of ungodliness in Athens. That's a lonely man. But he thought it'd be good. No wife, no friend, and he's in the middle of a pagan city. Oh, to be a Paul. There's a lot right there for all of us. No matter what situation you're dealing with in life, we can relate to this. Everybody feels loneliness at some point in their life. Missionaries experience loneliness. Church planters experience loneliness. Missionary kids experience loneliness. Small churches experience loneliness. There's Paul in the middle of Athens. Let's look at verse number two. First Thessalonians three, verse two. And sent Timotheus. So we learned before about the opposition that Paul met with the Jews, right, in Thessalonica. So Timotheus, Timothy, he might be a better choice. He might have a better, a better go at it. Sometimes you knock on somebody's door and it don't go so well. You send somebody over, else over there. Maybe they can relate a little bit better. And I think there's a little bit of that going on. Um, I've spoken to people before and I felt like I didn't get anywhere. And then I hear that someone else spoke to them and it's like they got somewhere. Sometimes it's best to just back off and allow somebody else to come along and water the seed that's been planted. It'd be real hard for me to relate to all the students, the young men and young women over at Tech. But Brother Wesley might have a better go at it, better man for the job. Why? He can speak their language. He can relate to them. Now, that doesn't mean I shouldn't go if I feel God's called me there. And I do. And we do. But what I'm trying to say is you might have a better go with somebody than I do and vice versa. We should all be honest about that and be okay with it. After all, we want them to come to God. We don't want them to come to us. So he says in St. Timotheus, now watch what he says. Our brother and minister of God. Well, that's curious because in 1 Timothy 1, he calls Timothy my own son in the faith. In 2 Timothy 1, he addresses Timothy as my dearly beloved son. But now in front of the Thessalonian church, he says, brother and minister of God. When he's writing to them, it's equal playing ground. It's no more son. I think that's pretty good. You know what we all are? Brothers and sisters in Christ. We should. Well, OK, so let's look at this two ways. Local churches do have pastors. Yes, that's true. But this clergy laity mentality hurts us. I don't mean us us here. I mean, uh, it, 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 as a general rule, we're brothers in Christ. Kelly's a brother, brother, Wesley's brother, sisters. Nobody has higher status than anybody else. We don't try to position ourselves in a church where we can get a higher status, higher social status. Well, I'm going to go to this church because there's a lot of people there. 
and I've got this business or I've got this project and I think I can really get some status there. There's some high status people. We don't look at church like that. We're all brothers or sisters in the Lord. And we are all, even more importantly, if you look at verse number two, the Bible says, and our fellow laborer. And that's in what? The gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your mind, uh, concerning your faith. So I want us to keep in mind that all of us work for the same Lord. Let's not forget it. All of us are laboring in the same gospel. And here is why the end of the verse tells us why Timotheus is sent. To establish you, and here it is, to comfort you concerning your faith. The idea is comfort. That's what we're trying to draw out. 1 Thessalonians 3.3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Paul, he truly wants them to hang in there. Don't throw in the towel. I know the, the fight is going to be tough. Don't let these afflictions move you. I don't know why people come to church, let alone why they leave church. People come and you think they're going to stay. They're here once and they're gone. People come. You don't even know why they're here and they stay and they never leave. And people leave and you don't know what you said. If you said anything to offend them. I know. I don't know any. of it. But what I can glean out of this passage is. Afflictions are going to hit each and every one of us. And afflictions will knock you out of the game, and it will knock me out of the game. It will knock us out of the game if we allow it to. And guess what we will do? We will allow it to. So Paul, under Holy Spirit inspiration, sends Timothy to these Thessalonians, Thessalon to what? To comfort them. You're going to go through something, you're going to need some comfort. I'm going to go through something, I'm going to need some comfort. And so that's why he's sent to establish them, to comfort them concerning their faith. Because he doesn't want them to be moved by the afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. You will not escape them. Verse number four. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. Even as it came to pass, and you know. Now, I want us to look at verse number four because we got verse four and five that we're looking at. He says, For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. Now, here it is, even as it came to pass, and you know. They were warned before. Look at that. The warning came before. Sometimes the warning needs to come again. We were here before. Now we're here again. Let's talk about this. We were with you. We told you before. Watch it. Even as it came to pass. It's very easy to understand by reading this. Paul is talking about a tribulation that already happened. It already came to pass. Look at it. We told you before that we should suffer tribulation. 
even as it came to pass. Even as it came to pass means it already happened. Already happened. Okay. Pay attention to what is not said. This is important. Most of us, myself included, we listen to what people say. We don't listen to what they don't say. And that's just as important. Watch what Paul isn't saying. He says, suffering tribulation, it happened in the past. It already came to pass. There is no mention about the great tribulation, which is happening in the future. Well, why is this important? Because it is what is not said that I want us to understand tonight. Paul is leading up to events surrounding the tribulation, the great tribulation, the end times. Now, if the lead up in Thessalonians was about something different, it would make sense that he would exclude not mentioning anything about it here. I would understand why there would be no mention of a future tribulation if the topic he was leading up to was something different. But this is a major point in these two epistles. So not saying it here, leaving it out here is what I want to draw out and what I want to ask you to consider as it's an important thing to note. Paul, if you've been with us Sunday morning for the last three months, you know Paul is very, very, very thorough in arguing his points, isn't he? It's almost like ad nauseum. It's like Paul argues one way, and then when he's done with them that way, he still don't let the thing rest. He brings up another angle of the argument. In Galatians 3, he argues in verses 1 through 5 from their own experience. He's talking about the doctrine of justification. But he's not done. Verses 6 through 9, he argues it from the example of Abraham as the example. But he ain't done. Verses 10 through 14, he argues the law's negative effect versus the positive deliverance through Christ alone. But he still ain't done. Because in verse 15 to 18, he argues in very lawyer-esque terms. Covenant, thereto, disannulleth, confirmed. And he wants to show that faith trumps works. In verses 19 through 25, which is where we're working now through in Sunday morning, he argues from what the real place and purpose of the law is. And at the end of the chapter, all the way into chapter four, he argues the unique blessings associated with our position in Christ versus our position under the law. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six arguments that Paul lays out in Galatians 3 into verse into chapter 4 in a defense on the doctrine of justification by faith. Now, how many of you would have been okay with one? How about two? How about three? Do you see how thorough? When we're going through this on Sunday mornings, it's been, wow, Paul's got another argument? I thought he settled the deal. He is so thorough. And he is arguing this thing. He's not missing any angle. 
So here's what I want to submit to you this evening. If we as Christians needed to be prepared to go through the great tribulation or the tribulation, don't you think now is the best place for Paul to lay out that argument? Well, guys, if you're suffering tribulation now, that ain't nothing. Wait until you got, oh, man, you got afflictions now? Man, that's not going to be nothing. You better wait until we go through. No, guys, patience. You're really going to need patience. Patience, patience, patience. You're going to need it now, but it ain't nothing compared to the patience you're going to need once the abomination of desolation hits, boy. Woo! I'm telling you, he can lay out an argument. It's sitting right there in front of him. But the Holy Spirit keeps him silent. You know why? Because we ain't going through the tribulation. <laughs> We're going to suffer some stuff now. But the church is going to be caught up. And after that will be the beginning of sorrows. And we're not going to be part of it. So him not saying this, him not saying it, him leaving it out to me is a huge red flashlights that say, pay attention to what Paul isn't saying. How many times have we gone through Galatians and it's like, man, Paul's still not done with this thing. When are we going to get out of chapter three? Because he's so thorough. And it's prime real estate right now to just preach it. But he doesn't preach it. Why? Because we ain't going through it. And. If a much greater tribulation is coming for us as Christians. Then the little bit of exhortation that you give me right now down here on earth, like they're giving to the Thessalonians, ain't really going to do us a lick of good. <laughs> it's not because it's so less compared to what is coming. So I want us to step back. I really want us to take a hold and notice what Paul doesn't say. Now, it's real, real easy for me to rush to the end of chapter four and then lead it up into chapter five, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to keep, we're going to build each verse upon another verse. So we get these concepts or these things to look at and we get a full picture of the full context of the book. We're not going to rush ahead. We're going to finish one more verse. The big point, the big takeaway tonight is notice there's a reason why Paul, it's a big clue why Paul didn't just open up a whole argument about tribulation, affliction, and suffering, and patience. But boy, it's coming. You don't. There's no argument. Now, last verse. Watch this. For this cause, when I can no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. For this cause, the first phrase here, he knew they were going to go through some junk. When I can no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. He wants to know how steadfast they are for the gospel. 
Um, we can't live in a bubble as Christians. We can't live in isolation as Christians because the tempter is going to overtake us. We need to be around others. Timothy, okay, so lest by some means, what are the some means? The pull of the world. The allure of the world takes you in. Next thing you know, young people that are on fire for God, they start running with those old friends again. Young people start doing the stuff that they walked away from. Now they're back to doing it. All across America, it's easy to find a false teacher on YouTube and then it's just boom, you're just down, down the drain. Amen. You get suffering and you just can't take it. You got affliction. You just can't take it. You're so impatient now because of all the tribulation down here on earth that you have to go through and you just snap. You go wacko. Next thing you know, you're down at Spanky's or Hooligans drinking it up with the boys. That's why we need each other. Because any of us left to ourselves can't withstand this world. I mean, we've got the Lord. I know that. We all have the Lord. But too many times we use that as a cliche to get away from Christians, to get away from Bible preaching and Bible teaching, to get away from fellowshipping and gathering. It's all a plate, a tin plate. You know, this art, all art is popular, you know, the old stuff. With... Anyway, it said gather on it. I looked at that and said, I like that. Because nowadays, they don't want you to gather. They want you to submit to them by putting on the mask. Well, let's not, let's not go down that route. I get it. Some of it's common sense, right? You, you, you sneeze and you, you have the mask on. It definitely helps. Okay, so don't think that I'm saying don't wear a mask. But what I'm saying is if there's a motive behind that that is trying to get people to be submissive because of what something else next is coming, then I got a problem with that. Now, if that motive isn't there and you want to keep everybody healthy, okay, that's fine. But motive is everything. You know what the world's motive is? To get you and to get me glued to them and apart from each other. And the tempter has fertile ground. Okay, so if anybody's watching online, anything I said about the mask, don't take it as medical advice. So that's, there it is. Uh, the tempter, then it says, we'll finish up, have tempted you. I said all that to say Satan has many, many ways to seduce you and I and to get us off the truth and get us addicted to him. If you are going through trials, afflictions, tribulations, and you are dealing with being impatient, you are prime fertile ground for an attack from Satan. And guess what? To avoid the suffering and affliction, men and women will apostatize and deny their God and deny their profession because the afflictions just get too much. They start murmuring, complaining, being impatient, and charging God and God's people with the offense. 
So the warning is, as we close, suffering and affliction, your fertile ground for the tempter. Gather with Christians. Get some fellowship with Christians. Take a sister out to lunch. Take a brother out to breakfast. Get together. Gather. Talk. Witness. Fellowship. Do all of that so that you can get help one from another. We all need help and comfort in these times. Just like they did in Thessalonican times. So let's not forget that. And as we finish, and our labor be in vain. If you blow it, our labor could be in vain here. If I blow it, our labor could be in vain here. If we blow it, our labor that we are fellow laboring together for the past year, two years, two and a half years. Could all be in vain as the world looks and says, part of them will glory in the fact that we got to do another smear campaign on a Christian or on a Christian church. The world is watching. Lost people are watching. The news media is watching. These phony balonies on TV are watching. Let's not allow our labor to be in vain. Let's comfort one another. Let's be patient with one another as we go through the trials and the sufferings of this life. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.